0: Welcome to another episode of From, From
1: the, the Lower, lower level.
0: level. Did you just add a whole different cadence?
1: No, I was I feel like upbeat.
0: You, I feel like you changed the melody of our intro. I mean, I don't hate it. It just caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm your host, Moshi.
1: And I'm Patrizio. Moshi, these days, faith, family and fitness are the only F's I give.
0: So you say... That I know. So you say.
1: That I know. So
0: you say.
1: That I know.
0: <laughs> Why is it that that is the most compelling thing that I've seen on television? And it has not only been living in my mind rent-free. I know that's not a phrase the kids are saying anymore for the last two weeks. But for me, I feel like it's going to be an iconic legacy. But the thing that is so disappointing is that it comes from, like, shit people. (laughs) I mean, I love Sutton, but, like, it's annoying that Diana had such an iconic moment. Like, it's so annoying. (laughs)
1: I guess, Moshi, we didn't get a chance to talk about it because it happened last week, and we we were interrupted by breaking news. Oh my it. god! Uh, that like, I think that scene is just—it's multiple things. It's like Diana and that bloody hat, <laughs>
0: <movie. laughs> the Gucci cap, that has, because if she looks like I don't know. This you might be too young for this, but did you ever watch the cartoon Hey Arnold? Yes, yeah. <laughs> and you know, because he's got like the football shaped head, not that Diana does. But essentially, I'm just saying that her head is too big for the cap. And that's the same way that the hat used to sit on Arnold's
1: <laughs> Well, like somebody put together other photos of her wearing caps, and like none of them look good. So, yeah. No,
0: keep going, keep going.
1: Uh, I was going to say so there's the hats, there's the lips. There was the confession that, like, she was being, you know, like, not sincere in the apology moment.
0: I liked that. I, I, that was refreshing to me, to be fair.
1: And then it was just, yeah, that whole, that whole interaction.
0: So she likes to wear athleisure. Have you noticed? And I just, like, I know we'll talk about Beverly Hills, but I just want to comment. She wore this, like, Gucci tracksuit in this week's episode. Like, she's always wearing a a designer tracksuit when she's at home, which is fair enough. We all wear trackies um, or sweatsuits at home. But it there's just – she still looks so put together, and I'm just, like, the sweatsuit's not giving me the kind of cool gangster vibe it should be giving me. Um, And – the, the Gucci cap is one of those moments where I'm just like this is not a look this doesn't suit you You're, you look so much better in other things like literally everything else
1: I would I would say that the internet probably agrees with you
0: yeah I think so and I don't want to body shame um Diana but I think her like obviously her body has undergone a few changes recently because we do know as well that that's part of the reason why she had to donate a huge chunk of her wardrobe that she never got to wear. And, um, obviously, you know, she's just had a child. She's also just gone through a miscarriage and and she's, you know, we, we, I can speak as an older woman now metabolisms just aren't the same as they used to be. And I don't think she's really somebody who exercises and fair. Good for her. She shouldn't have to, but, um, I think she's perhaps going through a transitional wardrobe at the moment. So that's why she's wearing the the sweatsuits. But I just want to say that I think she has a pretty bag and body. And, you know, I don't really like Diana, but her body's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before I um, dig myself into an even bigger <laughs> hole, we have a really jam-packed episode today.
1: We're going to smash the Washington.
0: I hope so. Um, We're going to be talking Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. We're going to be talking Real Housewives of Atlanta. We're going to be talking more about Beverly Hills and we'll be ending on Dubai. Um, Last week, we talked about the breaking news of Jen Shah changing her plea to guilty. But aside from Jen Shah, there's been a lot going on news-wise for the ladies of the multiple franchises, so Patrizio, talk to me. What has been the word on the street?
1: Well, let's pick up pick up where you just left off. So I guess we got from Salt Lake City. Um, Andy sort of finally came out with his thoughts on the whole Gen Shah situation and that he was very upset with the the final guilty plea. Mm. Um, you know, I think it was, you know, this discussion around that, you know, she was so adamant in, you know, her innocence at the reunion that you get to know someone and for that all to sort of be a lie is very, you know, upsetting, which, you know, is not wrong.
0: No, and I think it really speaks to her inauthenticity. I think... That's not something that I think we dug into a lot last week on that specific episode, but I think we kind of know that I guess the Gen Shah that we're being shown is a bit of a caricature and she's clearly living alive because she was really able to I think fool a lot of people on maintaining her innocence and maintaining that she had no knowledge of of the the things that she was doing that were wrong in her role. But when it came to her plea, she admitted not so much as she pled guilty, but she admitted to knowing that there were unethical and potentially illegal things that she was privy to. And I think that's really disappointing.
1: Well, look, it's not going to be the end of it because she was very specific in that plea. And so I think there's more, more to this story. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. hundred percent.
1: Um. Real Housewives of New Jersey, we found out this week that Dina Manzo will not be one of Teresa Giudice's bridesmaids um, as we know that the, the wedding will be filmed. Now, we don't know if this is actually for Real Housewives of New Jersey or perhaps oh, like a, spin-off. a spinoff or, I don't know, maybe they've shopped her around. Who knows, really? But um, Dina doesn't want to be on camera, so she's not going to be in the, in the bridal party. So we found out this week as well that... Jennifer, Aiden and Dolores have joined the bridal party.
0: This marriage is doomed.
1: I'm sorry, but all of this are red
0: flags that this marriage is doomed.
1: But did you say all the girlies are in Ireland?
0: Correct. And I have sent our Irish correspondent. You don't know, but we do have an Irish correspondent. And I've tried to get them to be our boots on the ground. But it looks like we might not need to because... Everybody is filming them in Dublin and sharing it to the internet or in Ireland.
1: I wonder what the premise of the trip is, because it's clearly Dolores's trip because she's dating that Irishman, Correct. right? Very interesting. Well,
0: I think the thing is, we've had another trip to Ireland before, which was very iconic the and chaos. chaotic, especially given that it was the OC. And I think the New Jersey have some big shoes to fill. I think the thing that will happen is the folks of New Jersey will feel right at home. I think we're we're about to see a bit of a symbiosis between New Jersey and Ireland. I think there's a lot of similarities.
1: I will say, I feel like it's been a very long time since the Jersey girls have been able to leave the country.
0: For good reason. (laughs)
1: Like I actually can't even think of their last international cast trip.
0: They just always go to, like, Mexico. Do you know what I mean? Like, they go close to home. They don't ever really go more than, like, a five-hour flight.
1: I, thought, I didn't even remember that. Anyway, regardless. Um, well, speaking of other trips that are happening, the Ultimate Girls Trip, Season 3, we found out that Tinsley Mortimer is out and Tasha Williams is in. In. Thoughts, feelings.
0: I feel like Portia is very much having buyer's remorse or regret for quitting her franchise and is going to do – and And I think, you know, they, they could have – I bet you she's getting paid like nothing and she's doing it, um, especially the fact that she was able to go so quickly, you know, leave her daughter, her other jobs behind because she literally – Like, Tinsley quit, she was in, and then they flew to Thailand. Like, she was in Thailand the next day. Because I don't know if you've seen the pictures already coming out of their trip. So, to me, it was, like, I think Portia, you know, was chosen as well because she put the feelers out there and said, pick me, pick me, pick me.
1: You? I wonder if they have, like, a backup list. They have, like, you know, because at the last minute, if someone gets COVID and they can't travel or something, you know, I'm sure that they have sort of like your, your understudies.
0: Well, I guess the thing is that we had deduced that this trip was like duets, right? It was the folks who were buddies. It was like, well, it's it like a Noah's Ark,
1: if you will. What's a Noah's Ark?
0: <laughs> a Noah's Ark of franchises. You know, they're going on two by two from their different franchises. And Porsche is not really that, second person for um what's her name Leah so and Tinsley is you know her Tweedledum so um I'm just like why Portia why not somebody else like obviously not Ebony K Williams oops um it obviously couldn't be Sonia or Luann. Luann's already been and she's I know you'll talk about it in a bit but she's filming with Sonia and I guess Ramona's already done it like jill's already thirsty somewhere else like was there really nobody else from new york that was willing to go like no carol
1: well that's the thing tinsley tinsley should have taken leah with her like this is what should have happened a hundred percent but anyway yeah like you did just say um sonia and luann i have started filming their spin-off i think they're in some southern state i don't even remember tennessee perhaps um and they've been filming they had a lemonade stand like this is gonna be i don't know is it gonna be the simple life or is it gonna be a lot worse
0: it's gonna be great tv i think it's gonna be different because they both know how reality tv is they've both been without new york for a while and i think they're, they're both people who are hungry for the limelight so i think they're going to give us a really good show
1: it seems like they're going to be in one town, like, the whole time as well. Yeah. Like, there's no travelling, like, to different parts.
0: Are they going to be, like,
1: the queer eye?
0: Are they going to be, like, queer eye for the straight guy where they're in, like, one town and they just go around ruining people's lives <laughs> instead of making them better?
1: Is that the premise of the show as well? It's, like, they actually go into like, ruin your life. Like,
0: ruin your life. Like, unintentionally, of course. No. Um, I mean, look... I- Bravo, want to give us all these filler shows? We'll take them
1: absolutely. Um, well, I mean, these are the two big words on the street now. Um, I want to just start off with Atlanta. We found out this week on the first of July that Marlo Hampton and her, it was had her home invaded. Um, while she was at home with her nephews, um, it was caught on her CCTV. She went to the panic room, called the cops. I mean, this is extremely frightening, and it's obviously off the back of Dorit and her home invasion. Mm. Like, you know, she was clearly targeted um, for her wealth. That's, you know, very much publicly, you know, public knowledge, right?
0: Mm-hmm, 100%. And, and it was so funny. When I, when this, I mean, it wasn't funny, but when this situation came across my news feed or my Instagram feed there's one specific I think it's like a local news outlet that reported on this and I really we posted it to our Instagram stories but I really implore everyone to find it if you haven't seen it because there's nothing I love more than local American news stations. Yeah. There's, like, you know, lifelong journalists. He's obviously been doing it for 100 years. But he just had all sorts of puns. Like, real housewife puns. <laughs> he was like, she's been part of a real home invasion. And I was like, no, sir, you did not. Um, and then, obviously, they were able to get Marlo in all her Marlo-on-esque. Their- you know, talking about women need to lock up their things, you need to not flaunt your wealth. I mean, my question to you, Patricia, is like, do we think this is going to change Marlo Patrice Hampton?
1: I think it will. I don't think you can possibly, you know, not be changed by an experience where you're actually, because I think it's one thing to come home and find that you've been burglarized. I mm. think it's another thing to be inside the house and to hear someone break in. Like, that's honestly, to me, very chilling. So I think no. this will change her.
0: Has she also now potentially, and I know we're so, like, this is, like, the worst cynical thing you can say, but I think she's kind of guaranteed herself a, another season with this storyline.
1: I don't think she needed this to secure I don't think she barked. did, but... Yeah, I mean, well, it depends when they start filming, right? So if they started filming in November, it's kind of be like, well, what are they going to do? Unless she's going to milk it like Dorito.
0: I mean, if we know Marlo, she will.
1: (laughs) Well, the other big news, Moshi, is we found out earlier this week, Jill Zarin leaked that. She
0: didn't leak it.
1: Okay, so what do you call going on the Instagram and saying that her friend Tamara is going to be returning to Real Housewives of Orange County? So Jill was reporting
0: on what she had read in, like, TMZ or whatever. There's a whole thing about how it was already announced. And this is why people are saying that Tamara actually put Jill like it was a setup so that, you know, Tamara could have that very iconic tweet, go fuck yourself. (laughs) so good i hate tamra but god she's winning me over lately
1: do Uh, you think though that or anyway regardless we got the confirmation on watch what happens live today tamra she was on the show yesterday um with vicky gonvalson but then she made another guest appearance in this episode Um, And, yeah, went and grabbed an orange off Andy's bookshelf and declared that she is coming back for the next season. I mean, it was very awkward And Watch What Happens Live with Vicky because they asked her a question about whether she's in contact with Shannon Bedore. And Tamara was like, I haven't spoken to her for months, but, like, we have been texting recently. And it's like, and there is just another little breadcrumb on this journey. But poor Vicky. Vicky must be fuming. Yeah, but well, I mean, look. I guess let's see what happens with Tamra. Um, you love her or I hate her? She's good for the show.
0: True. So here is what I'm thinking. Because we know that the the confirmed housewives are Tweedledee and Tweedledum. So Gina and what's the other one?
1: Well, are they confirmed? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Who's confirmed Uh, that?
0: Source is the Real Housewives Instagram.
1: Um, What's
0: the other one's name? Gina and Emily. Emily. Heather, Bedore and Tamra. I am going to say something that I never thought I would say. I know recently it's been you cancelling people. You said you had never cancelled Housewives.
1: Oh my God, are you cancelling Shannon Bedore? No, never. Um... Well, I never should never say ever.
0: I think that if Tamra comes back, Vicky deserves to come back.
1: Uh, um, she's earned
0: her place. I've been watching her on Ultimate Girls Trip, and I'm just like, it would be so good to see her annoy Heather and just do her Vicky shenanigans, you know. Ah. <sighs>
1: I don't know.
0: I just think if Tamara comes back, Vicky deserves to come back. That, that's how I feel.
1: Well, then Alexis I, deserves to come back. Like, when Well, Alexis,
0: Alexis Bellino does deserve to come back. She is a top-tier housewife, full of bullshit, completely delusional and hot. She deserves to come back. That would be a really good season. And it would make sense because she's friends with Emily as well. And I think she could potentially bring out a different side to Emily. So I'd be okay with that. I think if you're going to just go all OGs or bring back OGs, bring the three of them back all together.
1: Can I just say that I have recently seen a lot of memes online about Alexis Bellino and their, like, <laughs> kids being underwater. <laughs>
0: she she's insane she was on a below deck and was alexising like there is no like it's nobody's business
1: well moshi let's take a quick break and when we come back let's get into this week's episodes because we got a lot to unpack
0: see you soon and we are back
1: to talk about ultimate girls trip it's the ex-wives club we're up to episode six um moshi can i just say that this was a redeeming episode for this ultimate girls trip
0: okay when you say redeeming are you uncancelling anybody that you've cancelled
1: no everyone continues to be (laughs) cancelled Who, the, the, like Dorinda, and you know what? I'm really glad that Brandy had the conversation with Dorinda that we've all been thinking. Right? Like people love you from the earlier seasons, but if you're gonna act like the monster that you are right now, you will remain on pause forever. But do you?
0: So, I mean, I really want you to talk about what was redeeming. But I think while just we're just talking on the subject of Dorinda as a monster, I think <laughs> I think that um. She did, in this episode for me, it seemed to me that she was aware of her bad behaviour very early on in the episode. And because she had that awareness early on, she was able to receive the prayers from Phaedra, the the message from Brandy. And, and for me, I was like, is that growth or
1: was a producer in her ear? Oh, it's fake. I don't believe is. that Dorinda, like, you know, she, like I said, Brandy literally had the conversation with her, and even if Dorinda's behaviour was improving before that conversation, like, that was definitely the realisation point, which I think informs, like, her better behaviour in the second half of this episode. Yeah. It's just, like, you. if you keep acting this way, like, people are gonna hate you. And, th- the like, Brandy was right. Brandy gets it. Like, Brandy... As crazy as she is, I think she's been giving a lot of good advice on this, like, girls' trip. Yeah, but I think
0: that's the thing that has always been true about Brandy. She is 100% self aware and she's 100% aware of the situation. And I think that that's the issue that people really have with her, aside from the fact that when she's drunk, she's really rude and really mean. But I think the other thing that the other issue that people have is that she understands the way the sausage is made and they can't pull one over her.
1: Sorry. I just got distracted by sausage. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was thinking about how sausages are made gross, but um, (laughs) yeah, look, no, it was, it was redeeming because I feel like for the last five episodes, it's been chaotic. And like we've said it before, like it's been so bad that it was kind of good. But this was just like a wholesome, good episode. Like, there was no crazy fighting. There was no, like, just, you know, over-the-top Dorinda bullshit. Like, it was just, I mean, other than Christmas. But, like, it was just a good episode. They were getting along. I think had. that's the thing. They had finally gotten to the point in this trip where they're kind of like, let's just get along. (laughs) Like, let's just try to have fun. And I think we saw the
0: versions of every single housewife that initially made us like them because they are all iconic housewives and regardless of whether I like them now there has been a time where I can say I've categorically liked every single housewife on this franchise including Taylor Armstrong and I felt like they were finally giving us those original housewives that we really liked even Phaedra with her being secretive, you know, that was the whole thing about Phaedra right at the beginning, is you never got the whole truth about what was
1: going on with Phaedra. No, Phaedra was, like, trying to tell them that she was giving birth at, like, five months. Jesus like, Christ. Uh... Like, literally. <laughs>
0: um, so you know how I sometimes have, like, my weird epiphanies and I have, like, my weird moments? I usually voice note you um, and give you the heads up. But this one, I didn't. But I want to run it past you and I run. It, I want to run it past our listeners. I am convinced that Marco is a producer.
1: I'm not convinced.
0: Let me convince you. Okay. So, number one, we know that they're filming during COVID times, like, and that there are a number of restrictions at play, which is part of the reason why they, I mean, Obviously also filming at Bluestone Manor is crazy. But Marco is getting so much screen time. He's like another character. And for me, I think his familiarity with the women and with Dorinda and the way he's hamming things up is he is one, he's like a producer, like he's known Dorinda for ages. He's potentially known some of these other women. Um, And I think they didn't want to bring too many outside people in so i so like particularly when i was watching this first episode and he's narrating all the drama and everything that's going down i'm like this guy is on the inside he is not normally doing this and you know what i mean i haven't even tried to find him on instagram to confirm but i am convinced that he is not a
1: butler that's bs i was about to say like tomorrow's episode I'm gonna be like pausing the credits and like reading through no
0: he's he's not a producer in this in this season like but I think he has been a producer on this show in the past like maybe on New York or on another Bravo show but I I think he's almost been brought in as like kind of a mole uh, is the mole before your time
1: um, like, I'm, I know You're what it familiar is, of it. watched it. Yeah. It was he... before, like, it was after my bedtime.
0: Okay. A hundred percent. It was after mine, but my mum used to let me stay up at okay. Um, but he is giving me like really good secret screwed mole vibes, which is like, you know, there would always be a person who is like the mole on the show and who does like little sabotages and little things. And that's what I'm seeing with Marco. He's giving them food in the bedrooms, little sabotages, right? Because he knows how to create the drama. He knows how to get the effects.
1: Uh, The only thing that doesn't make me think that's the case is that they all sort of like, I feel like when they talk about Marco off, like, off the show, they're kind of, they talk about him like he's a butler, not as if he's a producer
0: okay because i can't handle this i have just googled what the deal is with with my friend i'm annoyed that i didn't do my due diligence um (laughs) beforehand um like he's giving me he's a dj
1: honestly (laughs) he he gives me sonya like intern vibes
0: no, he's he's too with it. He He's too on camera. He's either like a hardcore theatre kid or he's like a struggling actor. Um, but I'm telling you, he is not a butler, truly, or even an assistant.
1: I don't know. Well, then how do you feel about the guy from the first season then?
0: Oh, no, he was a butler because that was his – he owned that property. Like, that was part of his business. Michael. <laughs> That was his business. But Marco, yeah. So my, so I think we're definitely always going to have, like, the manservant. <laughs> That's, like, a shtick now. But Marco is giving me his, he, the call is coming from the in, from inside the house, okay? <laughs> anyway, I digress. We'll be here for a really long time if we decide to just stick on this topic. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it.
1: <sighs> okay. Well, apparently, I'm reading this article, and he has no public social media accounts.
0: Yes, because he's had to close them for this show because <laughs> he's a producer.
1: D- Dorinda doesn't have a staff directory on the Blue Stone Blue Stone Manor website. Um, some people have suggested he's an actor or a model, but no one can confirm. Exactly, he
0: is a mole. What young person is scrubbing their social presence? I am telling you, he, the call is coming from inside the house, Patrizio.
1: Well oh Lord.
0: I'm never, am I ever like super wrong with these theories?
1: It's 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 giving motion on.
0: It is motion on. This is a hundred percent what my conspiracy theories are. A hundred percent. Oh
1: my god. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, Let's move on, though. Let's move on. The, the, I think, so, the redeeming, the, one of the redeeming things in this is that, like, Phaedra finally, like, sort of, like, takes control of this trip, and I think it takes it out of Dorinda, like, Dorinda's responsibility onto Phaedra, and so she's taking them out to a wine tasting, which was, like, probably not the best idea, given that they're, like, drunk 24-7, and we all know that Dorinda starts with a martini first thing in the morning. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> But um I just I thought it was really great because you know Phaedra just is ready to sort of like break the cycle a little bit um, but of course leading the the group in prayer and just like the whole the whole theatrics of it right It's like I opened the book and like this is the page it fell <laughs> on and it's about like working together. And it just you know what at the table, there's quite a few religious women, right, because like Vicky and Tamara are both you know like white Christian ladies from the o c you know, like I think you know, okay, they're not Christian there's a lot they're... of there's a lot of
0: hypocrites at the table,
1: <laughs> okay, but I think it's something that they can connect on right like and I think Dorinda, Dorinda's probably a good Catholic girl as well, like I think it's something that they can all sort of you know find in common with each other right is the love for the lord can i tell you who was a really good sport
0: throughout this episode jill Zarin. jill fucking Zarin, the one jewish girl who is not only having to do this prayer from the bible is then also having to do christmas and is just doing it i mean jill is she was there she was an mv one of the mvps
1: for me in this episode she has to be, because I think she's figured out that, like, there's not really much going on with Jill Zara, so she's going to have to be, like, really on board with whatever they throw at her. But
0: I think that's what Jill has always been. Like, Jill is, she's either throwing the party, but if somebody else is throwing the party, she always gets involved. Like, Jill is always a good sport, in my opinion. That's how I watched those episodes. <laughs>
1: But I think the other side of Phaedra that we see is obviously, like, Vicky starts to have this conversation with Phaedra about, well, she asked the table, like, how does everyone feel about their exits from the show, right? And Phaedra is extremely cagey, doesn't want to answer, because obviously her exit from Atlanta was not in the best of terms. Um, And there's been a lot of discussion around this, I feel like, the last couple of days. Phaedra also did, like, an interview with Entertainment Tonight, and she shaded atlanta again and talked about maybe being on dubai housewives and all the rest of it but you know her her her, in summary phaedra was sort of like if what i had done on atlanta was so egregious why am i back on the network
0: 100 percent. and we know the only reason that she's not on atlanta is because of candy
1: i don't even think that phaedra wants to be on atlanta anymore because she always calls it the titanic so like why if you're gonna like shade it like that, why would you wanna be returning to it?
0: Yeah, but Tamara, these women are thirsty.
1: <laughs> Do you think Phaedra is thirsty to return to Atlanta though?
0: I think she wouldn't say no.
1: Interesting.
0: If if it gives her an opportunity to vindicate herself, I think Phaedra is saying yes. Can I just point out that we once again learnt that like when it comes to the law, Phaedra is perhaps not that good. <laughs> she shared with us that she got divorced twice from Apollo because he contested the first divorce what the fuck? (laughs) she even like went on to give us the stats that it's like a very low percentage I was like Phaedra you need to be not always showing us your gaps with the law as an attorney
1: was she? You're assuming that she was her own divorce lawyer. No,
0: I'm assuming that she would be connected with a much better divorce lawyer. You well, you know why Phaedra is famous as a lawyer, right? Well,
1: who did she? Who did she um, represent?
0: Bobby Brown. I'm pretty sure it's Bobby <laughs> Brown. Like that. That's what she's famous for.
1: Uh, uh, she, okay. She's
0: not famous for being like a really good attorney.
1: That's what I'm just trying to share. Well, we she picked the wrong side of history, perhaps. But um so that's that's the daytime activity. The nighttime activity is Christmas at Bluestone Manor in September. How do you feel about this themed evening?
0: It was a reach.
1: I kind of loved it. <laughs> I mean,
0: I guess it, it 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 made for a really good storyline because like, you know, Bluestone Manor is Christmas, but it's like please. <laughs> what we could have done something else. They could have gone into town and whooped it up. You know what I mean? Like
1: <laughs> they're not on. they're never going into town to whoop it up. They'll That's start. what I
0: wanna say. I'm with Vicky. I want them to go into town, and I want them to whoop
1: it up. It's never gonna happen, but I really liked it because I think, you know, I, I agree with Dorinda. I love a theme. Like, you know, I, I I don't like having to dress in that theme, but I do like having the theme. I think it makes sense. But perhaps they thought that, like, the show was going to be airing at a very different time of year.
0: Maybe. I'm just like, Halloween hadn't even happened yet. We've passed Christmas in July. Like, what's going on? It's still like the end of summer or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like the beginning of fall. It, it's just weird, but it's not unexpected.
1: Um, wow, well, you know. She got the snow machine. That was cool.
0: Oh, when it starts making that noise and everyone's like, what the hell? At the end, that was insane. One of the things, though, that was really interesting about the Christmas side of it all is... The women. So we need to talk about how horny these women are. They're thirsty and they're horny. And, you know, the conversation turns to who, which order they would have sex with or which women <laughs> in the group they would have sex with. Not the order. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, in the order. But, I meant, you know, who's like their top three? And, I mean, we know that Jill was... It's really offended that nobody wants to have sex with that. But what did I tell you right from the beginning? I was telling you that Dorinda really wants to screw with Eva and Faye. Like, these ladies, a lot of them genuinely, I believe, want to have sex with each other.
1: Do you actually think that Jules Aaron thinks that she's some <laughs> sex icon? Or like? I
0: think he thought somebody would throw her a bone. <laughs>
1: Well, that's the whole thing. No one wants to throw her the phone. <laughs> but, like, I'm sorry, Jill Zarin. I'm not trying to, you know, shame anyone here. But I just don't see Jill as some... I know. Woman. But she is
0: Patrizio, okay? You can be a woman of a certain age and be a sexual being. Somebody needs to have sex with Jill Zarin. But before we... It's the
1: same. I will say, though, like, no one wants to have sex with Taylor Armstrong either. Like, you know what I mean? Jill just needs, like... And who's having sex with Dorinda? No one's having sex with Dorinda either. Like my my thing is, this group of women,
0: it's just such a bizarre group for the conversation to turn that way. But it's very telling how horny they are. And one of the more beautiful conversations that I really enjoyed is the conversation between... Brandy and maybe this is why I was happy to I want to see Vicky back on OC watching her interact with Brandy was giving me all the things that I love about Vicky just like Her facial expressions, the way her voice goes up in that other, like, register when she's, like, no. When she's, like, offended by somebody or, like, faking this, being offended. And just, but at the same time being, like, I really like you. I think you're a great mother, but I don't want you in my vagina.
1: Well, that's the thing. And, again, Brandy doesn't want to have sex with Vicky. She just wants to teach her how to use a vibrator. No, but
0: but... I think Brandy also understood the the assignment and this is where I think that Brandy is as Carlos King has coined with the use of Ebony K Williams we will reference the people who created this term force multipliers Brandy is because Brandy is pulling the best bits out of all of these women she gave us the best of Vicky by teasing her in that way. She knew it would, she knew it would bring it out of Vicky, and it did. Even Taylor Armstrong, they were like freaking making out like a week ago. Like, Brandy has has done good production.
1: Absolutely. I will, I will second that. Um, they do like a white elephant um after the dinner. And everyone's brought a gift. And again, I like stuff like this. I love, I love a white elephant. I like that they had to bring a gift, like from home as well. And like Vicky, like when they're like getting ready to go, and like she, like her wrapping was terrible. And it was just, like because <laughs> it came with the day before she was leaving. Um, what was your favorite gift? Like, what? Which one are you stealing? The Gucci scarf or the vibrator, hundred <laughs> percent. I can't like, I can't even think of like what else was an option other than those two things.
0: Because the other things were rank.
1: There was like a candle, the ugly Christmas jumper. Oh, oh the Joe
0: Malone candle from Vicky actually is pretty good. It's like a four wick candle.
1: <laughs> I mean, Joe Malone. Like that's a if there's if there's a theme to this trip, it's Joe Malone. <laughs> is it?
0: Where else has Joe Malone been?
1: It's just. These women are a Joe Malone crowd. I want to be a Joe Malone crowd. Well, Don't you remember you...
0: Kathy Hilton was a Joe Malone crowd? She got like a 10-wick candle.
1: That's why I'm saying, like, welcome to Bluestone Manor, Moshi. Yeah. Like, you would fit in. Um... Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended, but also not offended. It's a very weird place to be. <laughs> anyway, keep going, keep going, keep
1: going. Um... Yeah, I don't know, and like, just on the Gucci scarf, are you allowed to steal something that has already been stolen?
0: You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to steal it again. But to be fair, I was there for Tamara doing it. No. I, I, I I just didn't think Taylor deserved it.
1: <laughs> um, no, I'm sorry, that's breaking the rules. I'm not having it.
0: I think that's how I ended up with my karaoke microphone by doing <laughs> the double steal, so I'm okay with it. <laughs>
1: Uh, So all all in all, this is like why I thought it was like a really good episode. It was a great episode. We left Christmas dinner and no one is crying. No one's in that confessional room, like being assaulted. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Marco is safe and just like another day.
0: (laughs) Not not Marco is safe. (laughs) Shantae, you stay, Marco.
1: I mean Marco, like was almost eaten alive and i'm sure at some point in this trip he will be and he Um, will
0: love it
1: washi there is a little tidbit um from watch what happens live this week apparently um there's Well, there's actually two things i want to discuss um one was that vicky apparently got broken up with on this trip so apparently she had been like on the rocks with steve before coming on the trip But then, actually, when she arrived, got a text message from the man saying, (sighs) like, I'm breaking up with you.
0: What a C-U-N-T. And I believe it. He's a trash human. We know
1: Absolutely. And I think that, like, definitely informs Vicky's, like, mood a lot more, knowing that he'd done it, like, while she was there. But also, I mean, this is the woman who is just constantly morbid and
0: depressed. What did she say? Like, she was like... I don't want to be the per. I don't want them to say she died sad. Like that was <laughs> classic Vicky. It was brilliant.
1: Vicky's always thinking she's dying. And apparently the other the other little tidbit from Phaedra's interviews this week was that apparently they do discuss her exit from Atlanta. It's just not shown. Um, and it was discussed before this scene at the winery.
0: Yeah, and that'll be because you know Bravo is protecting their ass. At the end of the day, they're going to tell the story they want to tell, right?
1: Correct. Well, let's move right into Real Housewives of Atlanta. We're on episode 10 of season 14. Um, But let's just let's jump back a week because we didn't talk last week. Um, And at the end of last week, Sheree's holding her. um, What's the theme of this party? Coochies.
0: It's all your bits, all the bits, is what I'm calling it. But it's like her emancipation party from Tyrone, right?
1: Uh, I thought there was something about neutrals in there because they all have to come in neutral tones.
0: Okay, I thought they just had to all come in pajamas.
1: No, they all are coming in like shades of nude because the, that they're being vulnerable.
0: Nude interlude part two.
1: Not the nude interlude
0: <laughs> <laughs> part
1: two. <laughs> sheree's uh,
0: revenge that's what i'm calling
1: it honestly the only like important parts from this um this whole thing for me um really well really it's it's the fatum of it all right because she brings the Kuchi cleanser mm-hmm. <laughs> because i didn't know this but you have to like you have to um, what's the word? Steam, steam clean your vagina. You gotta, you gotta remove the evil out of there. <sighs>
0: Not the evil. The evil, it has to go.
1: So Fatoum's brought this sort of like incense.
0: It's the same incense we saw like the week before in Dubai that Sarah had.
1: But Sarah wasn't bloody steam steam cleaning the cooch.
0: Yes, she was. She put it under Nina's dress. Go back and watch the uh, video. No, that's
1: true. Yeah, but I feel like this was there was this
0: a- was this was an Atlanta style coochie crit. Like they put the Atlanta on this. Yes. But it was the same vibes.
1: How do, how are we feeling about Fatoum as a friend of other than her coochie cleaning abilities?
0: I think she's great. I think she has no idea what's going on and she's just oh. been an African queen, and so I love her. More, I want more. You know, East Africans on Housewives—they are phenomenal.
1: Where is she from? Guess she's from Djibouti. No, she.
0: Oh, she could be like Ethiopian, Eritrean.
1: I think she was from. I. I don't know. In my mind, she's from. You want her? You want
0: her to be Fatoum from Djibouti, shaking your booty. Um, I just want to say though that, Sheree's party, for me was a return to form for housewives it reminded me of the very first episode of this season when the girls are doing dancing with the stars with kenya and sheree walks in it is giving me it's it's like it's what do they call it like it's bougie but it's ratchet it's all the things that make these women fun because they're just living their like fullest truest authentic selves of course they're going to be drawing pictures of dicks and having really great girl talk it's like it's like it's like an episode of sex in the city it was good it was real it was fun
1: which and I feel like this week's episode was not great
0: not that at all but one of the things that I did want to call out from that episode before that also made me happy is that She by Sheree is for the BBLs so, you know, Sheree wants to make sure that there is elastic in the joggers that the girls can pull in because now that they've got those BBLs, they've got the very tiny waists. And I was like, just hearing that Sheree is for the BBLs, I want some She by Shere.
1: Oh, I see some She by Sheree in your future.
0: 100%. I think me, like everybody, is just waiting for it to be available.
1: Do you think that it's going to be a success?
0: Yes. I- Patricio, it's going to be a success just because it's going to, like, materially, like, everyone is going to buy She by Shrey. Not because they want to actively wear it, because it's so iconic. Everybody wants a piece of it.
1: They want a piece of history. hundred percent. Because there's going to be one run and that's it. There's not going to be another another season of She us <laughs> not book.
0: Let's not say that. Let's have some faith in spring-summer and September, you know, like, let's have faith.
1: I, I don't have faith because the, it's the supply chain of it all, Moshi.
0: Doesn't matter. She'll find another supplier. Somebody will come to her rescue. Support BBLs.
1: I, uh, so that was last week. This week, though, it really was Marlo's episode. Mm. Other than, Even besides the fact that she is hosting this um, trip to to the cabin. Blue Ridge Mountain. Um, but it starts out from the fact that she's kicked out her two nephews because uh, she can't take it anymore. And she's given them 30 days with her sister. Uh, her sister, a true saint. <laughs> she's already got three kids and then she's taken in another two. That she got... has
0: four children.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. Say. She has four children and she's taken on another two children who are going through some things as well.
0: And she's also somebody who, you know, comes from a broken home and, and comes from, and, you know, she's, you see her like she's coming from her job that she's obviously working extended hours on, all this sort of stuff. This whole Marlo, so I'm in two minds, this whole Marlo giving up the boys, I can't tell if it's a storyline or if it's real. So I know, like, early on in Atlanta you know I love Marlo but you were saying that she's doing too much and for me I feel like this is one of those moments where I'm like I feel like this was a really specific choice that she made because that's why she's showing it on screen to sort of extend the storyline of her Monty status but I feel like it was a bad decision. And whoever told her this was a good idea is not a good person.
1: So I have two thoughts on this. My first thought is that I, I 100% believe that this is true. I think that Marlo is not a selfish person. but she's only no, she have... is. Okay. So she's a selfish person. And she's all of a sudden had to take on these two boys and this is, like, a, a tough time, right? So the boys are full of hormones because they're of that age. Their mum, like, literally is, like, not in a good place. And they've seen that. And they're acting out and all the rest of it too. And it's just gotten into breaking point with Marlo. And I think that's the thing. Marlo, rather than working through this, rather than trying to figure it out, she's just gone, you know what? I'm done here. Like, um... go, go and get rid of them. So I think there's that's part of it, but then the other thought that I had was, I mean she's got this trip to the blue the to the mountains she's got this trip coming up to Jamaica like is it just that like the kids are going to go stay with her sister because she's not going to be around for the next hundred percent so this is
0: this is what i mean it's It's all too convenient right
1: but I don't think it's that like somebody has told her like your storyline should be that you're, like, too overwhelmed by the boys. I think it was just sort of like, I don't know, the boys needed to disappear for 30 days and it's sort of been hijacked, perhaps, by some of the other women. Definitely does not look good on Marlo, but at the end of the day, I really don't think that she knows. She, She just doesn't have the skills. She doesn't know what to do, and when you don't know what to do, you just kind of, like, bail.
0: Yeah, it's really troubling. Like, some of the things that she says... You know, like her sister can handle it because she's already a mother. And it feels to me as well, like we get that little clip, you know, after they meet that Marlowe can throw money at the situation right she can give her sister money and that's why her sister is able to cover it and and be with the boys not thinking about like the mental and physical burden that this is putting already on a young woman who's got her own family and her own relationship but I think 100 this is a side of Marlowe that is not a good side this is the side I guess that comes from the trauma that she's experienced in her life Um, Again, in a weird way, I think it is another onion layer because we are, again, seeing another side of Marlo. I think also meeting her sister, her other sister, and her telling us this story about how she also took this sister in. Again, I mean, I will give it to Marlo that you would think having been on the series for so long as a friend of, like over 10 years, what could she give us? But Marlo is giving us stuff that is completely new and full each time so i think she's doing what needs to be done as a housewife but yeah this is just really sad for me i and 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 the worst thing is that it's now going to become a huge plot point and it's the thing that these women are going to use and hold against her
1: well, you know what's funny? I feel like in a lot of these franchises, it's sort of like, well, you never judge, you never judge a mother for, you know, how she raises her children and all the rest. Yeah. Of it. But is being a monty like is that open to open to critique then? Like because you're not the actual mother, like you know what I mean? It's sort of like
0: I think the difference is that Marlo actively is telling people, I can't handle it. It's too hard. I've given them up. I've kicked them out. Like people are literally just, she She has made it part of the storyline. I think Marlo could have never spoken about it and it would have been fine. Or she could have spoken about it in a different way. She could have said, I'm really struggling. I'm going through these issues with the boys. I'm not too sure how to handle it. i have have to ask my sister to intervene and, and give us some time. But instead she's framing it all about her, Right. And that's yep. and and so I don't think this is so much a critique on Marlo as a Monty, but I think it's a critique on just Marlo.
1: I'm I'm going to be a Marlo apologist until until further notice. I
0: still love Marlo. This is not me holding it against Marlo. I just think that this is a weird flex and not what I wanted to see. But again, she is. If she's if this is who she really is, we can't fault her. She's doing the assignment.
1: You know what, though? I, I truly believe, though, that Marlowe will be one of these housewives that, like, is willing to kind of accept the, like, the villain edit, edit, right? Like she's 100%. She's, she's not going to complain that she's been edited in a certain way or all the rest of it. I think she she's fully ready to embrace it. Um, and I don't think, like, you know, she's going to be shitty with how she's been portrayed because I think she does know that she's not, you know, the best person in the world um couldn't
0: agree more with you Patty on that totally agree with you but um look we do love Marlo, and she's arranged this trip to Blue Ridge Mountains so it's a couple of hours away and she has arranged separate travel for the ladies so she's traveling up in a Rolls-Royce with Sheree and they are indulging in charcuterie and wine However, for Candy, Monetta, and Drew, they're going up in a really nice car. She's ordered them OLG on the old Uber Eats, but they cannot eat it in the car. That was amazing to me. That was was brilliant television. I mean, it was rude. (laughs) It was so funny because you know that Candy
1: is going to be like,
0: well, there is no way I'm leaving until I've ate my wings. (laughs) Why?
1: You know what the funniest part to me was as well? is like, I just assumed they would get out and eat the wings, like, by the side of the car, and they, like, get in. Oh, eat. no, no, they, they went go- inside the
0: house. <laughs> yes. Of course they did, and they made themselves comfortable. Like, they're rich. They're not going to eat on the side of the road. That
1: was I so wish. funny to me. It was so funny. um I mean, Marlo is pulling out, like, all the stops for this trip as well. Like, the Rolls Royce and, like, whatever the other car was. Like, is this is fancy yeah it was like an
0: aston martin like they all had personal drivers as opposed to going up in the sprinter van right we did not get the fbi we did not get a sprinter van
1: i loved as well when they like Facetime the other car and they're like who's in your car marlo's like yeah charade kenya
0: (laughs) (laughs) marlo is always playing like that's funny
1: (laughs) it's so good um i went Oh, I guess the other thing to bring up in this point as well is that Sheree arrives to this, like, you know, carpooling (laughs) situation with a moon boot. Um, Because, like, the story is so disgusting. I can't even, like... I can't...
0: Just thinking about it is wrong. The way she's, like, broken her toe, right?
1: It makes me want to vomit. But, like, I also just feel like that's such a a very bizarre injury to have. (laughs) It's her very... toe,
0: her one toe went one way, the other, the oh. pinky went one way, the
1: other toe went the other way. <laughs> I know. Uh, anyway, um, so they get to the, to the cabin, which Drew is like, this is no cabin, this is like a mansion. It's
0: huge, It's beautiful.
1: Uh, but like again, what did they think that Marlo was going to have them in, like some sort of like shared shower accommodation? Or something? No, but what
0: I love is that Marlo is like making sure that they're wowed, so she's like deliberately lowered expectations.
1: Um, but in the in the cliche of all all housewives' <laughs> trips, we've got to divide the room somehow. So Marlo has devised this game with candles that have a description that is related to each woman just I don't know
0: it was so shady but the shadiest bit was like drew like all <laughs> the really good ones drew thought it was her and they just gradually got to be worse descriptions of the women and then drew was like god is that is that me I can't even remember what they were but they were low down dirty <laughs> descriptions but just Shere claiming whatever toxic stuff <laughs> that Marlowe had said about her. Oh my god.
1: You I mean, you gotta lean into the mess, I guess.
0: Lean into the mess a hundred percent.
1: Well, speaking of mess, these women have been spending all this time to get to this to this cabin. They've had to play the game to get the rooms, but then they're only given like twenty minutes to get ready to go to dinner. They
0: have to have a hoe bath. I-
1: I- I would call it an Italian shower.
0: Do Italians not shower?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it's probably a racist term.
0: I think it's definitely a racist term, but you're allowed to say it because you're Italian.
1: Yes, uh, it's an Italian shower. It's it's the ho the ho bath. I had heard that before. It's when you don't have time to shower, so you just add some aftershave or some perfume and you're good to go. You
0: know, wipe down your bits a little bit with little, with little wet moist towelettes.
1: I think that's why it's an Italian shower, because you just use the bidet just to freshen up down there.
0: We're, we need to have another podcast where you talk to me more about this Italian shower. I might have to Google it because I've never heard this before and it's troubling me. This is white people's stuff that troubles me. Is yeah. this white culture? Is this white culture? That it is? Is this is an example of white culture.
1: To be quite honest, I think that you could find the hoe bath in any. I in, do. In but you,
0: you have specifically called it an Italian shower. And I need to understand. I will unpack that on my own later. But, um, yes, they're having a weird hoe bath and they're going to basically the local RS home for dinner. Where do they end up?
1: Uh, that, well, in some local joint for food. Um, but I guess what, like, what's the, the key event here is that like Kenya, who has like said that she's not coming on this trip, is finally there to make her appearance.
0: She makes an entrance. And I love that Candy's like I knew she was coming because we have the exact same glam people, and they were making plans to come up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: oh, Kenya trying to be slick.
1: Well, and Kenya does this, though. Kenya, like, doesn't want to ride with the other girls. She doesn't want to do this. She doesn't want to do that. She wants to, like, yeah, make the appearance. She wants to make the grand entrance. Like, oh, you thought I wasn't coming whatever kenya thinks that she's like god's gift to earth and i'm just not here for it
0: but i think as well it's that she continuously uses
1: brooklyn as like
0: the excuse right and it's like i was really happy because we remember how upset kenya Ka- candy got at bolo night when when kenya was not staying in the same place as them and kenya had brought had brought her daughter had brought brooklyn but I love that Marlowe was prepared. Marlo was like, there is room for Brooklyn. Brooklyn is
1: welcome. Oh, like all the women turned on Kenya at this time. Like, it was, it was great, great to watch. 80. It was great to watch. And I, how did you feel, though, about Marlowe literally being like, well, that's fine if you don't want to stay in the house. But if you're not staying in the house, you are not welcome to any of the activities.
0: Well my initial feeling was like you're not allowed to do that Kenya because then you're excluding someone from the show and that's not how the show works but now that I've sat with it a little bit I'm like it's funny (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny because nobody else was disagreeing like they were all kind of believing it and when when Candy is kind of like I think you should be staying at the house like I think they were all in agreement. like you need to be a team player
1: I think this is, again, to speaks to this whole, like, you know, group, group yeah. camaraderie that they're trying to create this season, where it's sort of like no one's getting a free pass, no one gets an exit, like, everyone has to be present. You know, if you're going to be on the show, you got to have a storyline, or we're going to create one for you. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, I agree with Marlo. Like, that's fine. If you don't want to be in the house, like, stay somewhere else. But, like, you know, you're already making a decision to remove yourself, against yep. the group. So why, why do you think you are going to be welcome? And I guess the other part of it is that if um, we found out um, through Bethany, when she did that, like, reel the other week, that if you don't appear in a Housewives episode, you don't get paid. Yes. Right. So obviously, then by Marlo saying, well, if you're not going to stay in the house, then you can't come to any activities means that Kenya's going to miss the next two episodes, let's call it. Um, and she won't get paid because she won't be appearing because she's yeah. not there.
0: Um, I feel like that rule doesn't apply to all housewives, but definitely applies to some.
1: Well, I, yeah, I think that Bethany implied on this video, if you haven't seen it, that, you know, th- it was brought in because there were women who started to refuse to film. Yeah. Um, and so it's definitely a new new housewife clause. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, every time that they renew the contracts for some of the women, it does get brought in and perhaps for others it doesn't because they know the ones that are going to perform. You know, if you're missing a week, it's not just because – you, you didn't want to go it's because you got other stuff going on
0: 100 percent. well i think aside from that the the other late comer was sonia and we find Who's? out that <laughs> sonia ross are you familiar with her she's the runner she did eye fit oh. anyway we're going to jamaica <laughs> The way you just wish she was not on this show.
1: I mean, look, the way that we went all episode without seeing her and I was fine with it. Facts. Um, you know what? Is it rude of her to have announced this trip on Marlo's trip? I'm going to say perhaps.
0: <laughs> no, I think it was good. I think it was the right time. I, You know what I love more than anything?
1: I've realised this is
0: one of my weird kinks. I love Housewives by the Beach. In bathing suits. You know Ooh. it's going to be a turn up. You know, whenever they are at a beach and they are just wearing, like, cover-ups and b- bathing suits, especially the women of Atlanta, look at how Candy met Todd. Like, I mean, that was in South Africa, but, like, shit's going to be good. So I'm more happy for them to be somewhere sunny.
1: You know what I love about house size trips is when they're like, yeah, I have to go to Jamaica tomorrow. And guess what? It's a girl's trip. Everyone's coming. And then everyone's like, Oh my God, my, my schedule is completely free. <laughs> like, I'm able to. Okay, Patricia,
0: we understand that you know that this is a heavily edited situation that people are aware ahead of time. We get it. You're smarter than all of us, okay? But stop ruining the fantasy.
1: Uh, I mean, look, Sonia. Her husband's hot. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to find
0: positives here for you to connect with her on.
1: Her family is hot. Her family is hot. But I, like... know,
0: I know you like her whole family. That's what I'm saying. I know the things you like.
1: I mean, look, yeah, I, I, I wish her the best. I, it'll, be, <laughs> it'll be interesting when we get to Jamaica in like two episodes time, I suppose.
0: I can't wait because I know her patois is going to be really, really strong and I love patois, love Jamaican accents, except when they come from um, Chet Hanks. But um, let's take a break and come back and talk about Beverly Hills and talk about Dubai.
1: And we're back from the break, Moshi. So we are back. Today. This is the last break. Because we're getting into the, the home stretch here. We're talking Beverly Hills. It's episode 12. It's se- season 12. No, it's episode <laughs> 11, season 12. <laughs> and I thought I had messed up season and episode But it was the numbers. Um, I mean, look, the best part of this episode is that Kathy Hilton is back. Back! And the way that we're all just, like, skirting around the issue that she has been in contract negotiations for the last 10 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's just like, but, like, they're kind of, they kind of break the fourth wall a little bit. Like Garcelle does when she finally sees Kathy and it's sort of like, oh, like you're here. Like, you're here. No,
0: Gas- is, but Garcelle is also relieved that Kathy is back. <laughs> Especially because, let's be honest, in, D- in Dubai and in Beverly Hills this week, there is an additional housewife who makes her return Miss Omicron.
1: Well, <laughs> <is laughs> not <back>. Miss Omicron.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Miss Omicron is here. She is another character. She is knocking bitches out. She's stopping people from attending weddings, and we needed Kathy Hilton because in half of this episode, half of the women are there, and the other half, the other half aren't there. The only person who doesn't have it is Kyle because she's already had it.
1: Well, I mean, she's had the other strains, but um, I, I think it's so interesting as well because I was thinking about the the, front of it all that like. Last year, they literally just stopped filming for three weeks until everyone's back on board and all the rest of it. This time around, they're just like, "We don't have time to waste on nah. this. We're, we're going in. <laughs> we're pushing through. If you can make this, like the group event, you can make the event. If um, you can't, you can't." I will say, um, Cherie is the other person who's untouched by COVID at this point,
0: and and she is not really just a friend of at this point. She is like the fill-in. You know, Garcelle couldn't make it in the first half, but Cherie is there. And I have to say, you know what makes Cherie so good? She can hold her own. She doesn't need
1: Garcelle. I I mean, why was she not made a full-time housewife? Do you
0: think? I think I think it'll happen. I think I think she's testing the waters. I think she's just a smart woman. They've already got a lot of housewives. I think she's a smart woman. I think she's testing the waters. She doesn't need this job. You know, we know that she's selling fake design. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Everybody, real bad fashions. Instagram, <laughs> just check it out. Um, those those handbags are good though They're good quality, they're just not actual designer handbags But I don't think, she, she doesn't really need the money She doesn't really need the notoriety She's a very secure person And I think she's just like Why not?
1: I feel that um, I, I think you're definitely right There's probably too many women in the group or, Already um, But again, it's sort of like Why was Diana made a full-time housewife When Cherie was given a a friend of role, but I digress.
0: I So the reason Diana was given the full-time housewife is because of how rich she is. Like it's a hundred percent that.
1: I just hate that Beverly Hills is this one franchise where we just, it doesn't matter if you've got a storyline or not. It's just sort of like, we just want to see the wealth.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Well, and, and I don't necessarily say that that's what us as real fans want to see But I believe that that is what they believe we want to see. We want to see the fashions. We want to see the things. What they don't realise is what I love to see. What I want to see is the falls from grace. (laughs) That's why I'm watching it. I want to know who's going to go broke next season. Like, that's why I'm watching
1: Well, I want to talk about two, two other housewives. First of all, I want to talk about Lisa Rinna. Uh, The the internet is talking, Roshi, and they're sort of saying after this week's episode, Lisa Rinna is starting to give, like, on-the-way-out vibes. Lisa Rinna has
0: been given on-the-way-out vibes for ages.
1: Okay, but in this episode, we really didn't get anything of her. Um, Apparently, she is not going to be appearing at BravoCon this year, and... The other thing, I guess, that she brought up on the, on the socials this week was the fact that the, the lowest of it all was not really explored. And I think that's also probably got to do with the fact that like what she was trying to say was that I think she was probably being filmed, um, but it just didn't make the final edit. So they're really trying to phase her out.
0: Yeah, but I also think that she is being punished and I think this is the only way they know how to punish someone like Lisa Rinna. Lisa Rinna has been really naughty. Like, she's been on her worst behaviour on social media and offline. Like, when I say offline, I mean, like, not on the show. Um, I think her talking about this lower stuff is her deflecting and trying to make us forget all the bullshit that she's been posting for the last you know, three months or whatever, all the freaking crap that she does on Instagram, the fact that she tried to take Kathy Hilton down, like all of this dirty low stuff that she's been doing, I think she has realised the error of her ways and she's trying very hard to, to make us forget about that. I will not forget. Um, and I also just think that I, I, I think it is sad, though, that we didn't see more of Lois, but I disagree with you. I don't think she did that much. I mean, I'm sure she grieved in her own way. I believe that very much. But I don't think Lisa really went deep on the show. She's not known for going deep.
1: I'm just a little bit turned on by the fact that she's being punished. I love that this is a punishment.
0: Uh, Well, you know what I mean. I mean, I don't mean it in a kinky way. I mean, she's been punished the only way she knows how. How do you... When you suppress someone's ego, like when you, God, is this terminology turning you on to? I'm just like, the way to punish somebody who likes attention is to not give them attention.
1: And I love this. Okay. this Correct. is like a, This is a hot take, Moshi, that I'm here for this week.
0: I'm surprised that you're not seeing that.
1: No, I don't, I'm not, I'm not in that deep. I'm just sort of like.
0: She's not giving anything compelling. Like, I think they have finally realised that she is a, producer sniper on the side and she's not that fascinating like Diana and her fucking lizard lips licking tongue situation what? is more fascinating than Rinna.
1: I think probably Rinna was needed but now that Sardin is uh, happy to ask the questions, perhaps we don't need the Rinners anymore. Yes. But I want to talk about the other addition to the show this week um, which was Jamie Lee Curtis. Icon.
0: Iconic. I
1: mean, I mean rate. Direct- Trying to let us, <laughs>
0: <laughs> chic. <laughs> this this poo I did, chic. <laughs> the way that
1: Dorit De- literally like tries to grab on to anyone with fame or money on this show. Last season it was Kathy Hilton. Now we've watched the Jamie Lee Curtis edit. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> It's fun to watch it, but that, so that's the
0: stuff that we like. That's what I talk about, like falls from grace. And the this is the stuff that I like. I like to see the dumb stuff, but what I love most is Jamie Lee Curtis is clearly a fan of the show. And she was like, just wanting to watch the mess that was going down with Sutton trying to glue Cherie's eyelashes on and almost blinding. Her. <laughs> can't Sut- you cannot tell me that Sutton is not giving in every scene, regardless of whether you like her or not. She's giving.
1: No, Sutton Sutton is going to come out on top after the scene. 100%. Um, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was definitely keen to see who's fighting with who. Oh, yeah, when she was like, oh, when they moved the seats, she's
0: like, okay, I- I'm understanding. Like, she was having it up. <laughs> she's there for the laughs. She's there for, obviously, like, a really serious cause. But I think she understands that this is such a silly show. Let me be on it. Jamie Lee Curtis is just a dude. She's amazing.
1: <laughs> Loves it. Um, but a sort of, I guess, the other things that we get out of this charity event that Kyle is hosting is Diana and Sutton sort of calling, calling a truce.
0: Yeah. And I think it's because of the words that Cherie gave Sutton.
1: I I mean, look, it's not gonna last.
0: No, no, and that's okay, but I think there is no way that Dorit was gonna be able to communicate what needed to be communicated to Sutton. I think Cherie, you know, she's like a counselor, she's a former, you know, first lady. Like she is her ministry, as she would call it, is really helping people see-through issue she's a very good mediator and I think her and Dorit having that chat with Sutton really made Sutton see it in a way I think I was so relieved that Kyle wasn't part of that discussion because I think Kyle would have cut Kyle the way she produces and the way that she stirs the pot and even Garcelle I think they would have made it worse and I just think that that was It was the right people talking to Sutton to make that truce happen on Sutton's side.
1: Is Sheree going to be a more powerful friend of than Kathy Hilton?
0: No, because we um, we are going to talk about Kathy Hilton in a bit. Kathy Hilton. So I I just feel like Jamie Lee Curtis, Kathy Hilton, eccentric. Eccentric, rich, white woman. I love it.
1: I was happy to see Diana and Sutton come to some sort of agreement because, like, you know, I, I, this is the thing. And I I really respect Sutton for this, is that she's sort of like, look, we don't have to get along. We just have to exist in the same space. And Diana really didn't feel like she was going to be giving Sutton that opportunity. So I'm glad that Diana has kind of, like, changed her tune. Yeah. I didn't like how much screen time Diana got in this episode. Like it was a lot of Diana. Well, she
0: did throw a party. But before I mean, we get yeah. in before we get into Diana's party, I think the thing that I really loved about Sutton as well is I think Sutton like obviously super humbled herself by acknowledging the fact that like okay Diana, I fucked up. I get it. You don't we don't need to be best friends. But I want you to know that I want us to try and I'm going to allow you to take as much space as you need to take. But what I love about that is the ball is also very firmly now in Diana's court.
1: But this is a thing that I feel like Sutton has always given this opportunity, especially to Diana. Kind of like it was the same with the lunch. She...
0: Yeah, but it didn't. it didn't. So they say that I know it did not go the way it was
1: supposed to go because the
0: right mediators were not there. And uh, to that credit, I do wanna say Diana did point out that she just does not understand Sutton and that they did need a counselor or a translator. And I agreed when I saw that in that scene last week. And I think we saw in this episode that that really was what was needed. They're lost in translation. They speak in different languages. Neither it... of which are English.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it takes that in time, though, as well, to sort of, like, really work on what she means. Like, I think, you know, it takes her a few rounds of these things to actually get to the, her point. Yeah, I agree. Well, what do you want to hit next, Moshi?
0: I want to you... talk about Cathy Hilton again. Oh, my
1: God. Look at you. You're like, can we talk about something else first? Okay. No, I'm just joking. I'm just trying oh, to blow okay.
0: you up. Oh, but, um... No, no, I'm open. I mean such a you don't understand. It's like Kathy is back. My spirit is cleansed.
1: I just wasn't feeling it.
0: No, I understand what where you're coming from, but here's the thing that I think is kind of funny one of the things that I think Kyle tries to do with Kathy is she tries like she tries to make fun at Kathy and in a way belittle Kathy like make us all see like what a derp Kathy is and why I love Kathy Hilton is because she's so unbothered and unfazed that Kyle ends up looking like the derp I expect Kathy Hilton to not be able to find her phone I expect Kathy Hilton to be messaging you in the comments of Instagram. If she wasn't, I would be worried. I suspect she knew Paula's name the whole time. And perhaps she was protecting Paula's privacy last season. (laughs) I know that's a reach. Okay,
1: hang on.
0: (laughs) I know know it's a reach. But we need to talk about... How smart is it that in now that she's back, Kathy Hilton makes sure that she repeats Paula's name repeatedly? Like, this woman is a fucking genius. Do not try to fuck with her, Kyle. You look like the clown every single time. And the way she was, the whole caviar, the way she made sure Kyle had her own butter. I mean, eating that baked potato. Like, Kyle saying that that baked potato wasn't a meal as well. I was like, okay, that is rude. For some of us, it is. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, I, I agree with you because you know what? It's sort of like she's trying to like make fun of Kathy in the confessional, and it's like, no. But these are the reasons why we love Kathy. Love Fulton. her. Yeah. But also, like. You don't have to explain to us like what Kathy's doing. Like we no. all saw it. Like because she's sort of like, how dumb's my sister? She like uses Instagram comments and I'm like yeah, like we know. Like we know, it.
0: and we love it. <laughs> don't you get it? Like, and I don't think I. I think there's a side of it that Kyle doesn't realize as well. Is that like Kathy knows what the reaction is going to be when she does that stuff. Right. Like she, she's, it's part of her brand. If she stopped doing that, we would all be worried. We'd be like, who killed Kathy Hilton? Um, I guess the other thing for me is like the party that you didn't want to happen, Diana's Christmas party and Kathy Hilton's arrival and just, you know, Kathy with the kids, you know, talking to um, Diana's son and, um, his girlfriend who I DM'd you about last week when we, when she was first introduced to the show, Ava, who is Ava Dash. She is the daughter of Damon Dash and Rachel Ray, Rachel Roy. And if you don't know who Rachel Roy is, she is the suspected woman that Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce with. She is Becky with the good hair. She is the reason that Solange bashed Jay-Z in the lift at the Met Gala. Like this girl that, Is on this show is a really significant, like young socialite. She's not just anybody. And I know I messaged you instantly last week when I saw that. And I was like, this really speaks to, for me, Diana's circle as well and the types of people she hangs out in LA because Damon Dash is also an interesting character, genius, but interesting. So that's one of my little tidbits, my little asides. Um, But Kathy with the kids, and you know, she's like, I'm double vaxxed. I <laughs> like when she goes in for the fist bubble whatever it is, the elbow. Like, they shouldn't be shaking hands. But the fact that she also introduces herself as Kathy Hilton. And then... <laughs> well...
1: I love I, it. There's something... You know what it is? It's like... She, it's, she knows her brand, Patricia. It's, it's not just brand. It's for for me, it's this difference as well between old and new money, right? And I think it was really shown at this thing, at this lunch with Kyle, right? The way that, like, you know, Kyle's like, well, pass me your butter, and Kathy's like, no, 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 like, you have your own butter. Like, this is how, like, proper rich people, like, do things, right? Kyle's just, like, at home sharing the communal butter with everyone. It's like <laughs> no, communal no, like...
0: butter. I mean, it's just most butter is communal.
1: If you're poor. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Hilton has, like, butter that has been procured within 50 miles of her home, and everyone has their own little butter portion, okay? Like, there's no... None of this sharing and it's the same thing like where she introduces herself as Kathy Hilton, like I think that again, that speaks to um what is it? It's like generational right? and etiquette. Yeah. It's like you shouldn't just assume that someone knows who you are. And it's like it's not so, it's not, you know, very, you know, proper to sort of you know, well, I'm Kathy, like, you know, like, no, no, fair like, enough. You haven't met me before, perhaps you haven't, you don't, perhaps you don't know who I am, and I shouldn't assume that you know who I am, and I'm not, I shouldn't just think that I'm so famous that everyone knows. Can I tell Kathy you something? Hilton. Kathy Hilton should think that way, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but of course, we find out that everybody is also friends with Paris, right? There's an actual connection there.
1: Well, yeah, if they're young socialites, I would imagine that they move in very similar. Di- similar Diana and Paris are friends. They're like, they're
0: a closer age. Um, Question that I have for you. Because once again, the internet has been talking and I, I see parallels with Diana and Stanbury with the younger husbands and the role that the husbands seem to be playing when the cameras are on.
1: Oh, uh- is this a, is this about Diana's you know husband well
0: i don't think that i don't think that, he's a theater guy so i just think he's a theater guy i know that a lot of people would like for him to be gay i do not believe that he is gay in fact it's not that i don't believe he's he's not gay i think we're all gay so it's a little bit, it's a well, little I was bit to
1: say but he probably is on the spectrum somewhere closer to the middle than on one end but like I don't but, know. He has some strong opinions, to the,
0: share. and this is my thing. How do we feel about husbands with strong opinions, especially these young bucks? I do not want young buck opinions on my housewife, on my housewife shows. And that's the thing that I don't like. I'll have Joe Gorga's opinions, but I do not want young buck opinions.
1: I don't know. Diana bores me. <laughs>
0: Okay, we won't talk about her, but her no, I want. But actor. I
1: want to talk about her. Look, you know what? If it's his money, he can have an opinion. But I have a feeling that it's, it's not, not his money. Just shut up.
0: That's why I'm like, you should just shut up. That's not exactly what I do. But let's really talk about. I think one of the things that came out of this episode that was really heartbreaking. Um, Crystal. Diana's appearance. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so Crystal you know, discussing, so it, uh, two, well, three points, but two specific points where she discusses her eating disorder with the women on this show. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing. We know that Kyle has had to apologise a lot lately online, <laughs> but I think that, the, that here I was thinking that maybe she's turning a corner. She just gets worse every episode. And the way she dug in and asked Crystal those questions About her eating disorder, like she really doesn't think before she speaks.
1: (laughs) Imagine having to make a public like apology every (laughs) show. (laughs) Like she should be on live like every Thursday and just be like, "I would like to address some comments that I made in this week's episode." Like, I mean, I, I. This is my only question to you, Moshi. Is that, do you think that Crystal has had some sort of, like, conversation with the girls to say, like, I'm open to having this discussion about my eating disorder? Or is it the fact that, like, because she posted it on Instagram, then women now take that to mean, okay, this is, like, an open-for-discussion topic? B. Okay. Because, yeah, because I, I sort of get uh, Crystal is being really, you know... Uh, open to the questions that she's getting i think that probably it's really difficult for her to be answering or even even just hearing the questions that they have to ask unless she has prepped them beforehand to be sort of like this is like my limit with this discussion this is like what i am willing to talk about or not um but yeah like it's really awful isn't it it's just sort of like the way that they really want to get in and and Kyle is bad, but Erica was worse. Yes.
0: I, I want to talk about Erica, but I want to come back to something that you just said. So for me, I think, you know, one of the things that we've mentioned on the show is that Crystal, unfortunately, is just, she's a fabulous person, but she's perhaps not really cut out to be a housewife on this show. She has her moments where like she's on the ball, but when, but the, the, the thing here would be, you know, she has brought up her eating disorder in, in the past, but I think she is a bit too fragile sometimes to, to to be on this show and have this discussion. And, you know, we've seen eating disorders play out on this show before and, and none are exactly the same and everybody has a different way of dealing with this. But I think that Crystal is too good a person just in general. Like she's not trash enough to be on this show, in my opinion. Um, and so because she does not know how to, like, play the housewife's game, that's where I think she struggles. And the thing is, Kyle was asking those questions, but Kyle was playing the game hard. You know, this is Kyle's bread and butter. She knows what she's doing. And she was bringing it because she could see, it's that thing of like, if you're not gonna bring the storyline, I'm gonna bring it for you, right? And, but the thing is, the thing that I just don't like about Kyle is that Kyle thinks that she's the only one who's allowed to do this. And it never takes accountability for her actions. And that's the only reason why I don't like it when Kyle does stuff like this. Um, I think that, yeah, Crystal is kind of out of her depth, but I think she's trying and kudos for trying. But I think she's recognised as well that she has this platform. If you're going to, you've got to get something out of it for yourself. So I think she's going to go, she's ready now to take us a bit deeper on this journey. And I think when she does talk to at the Christmas party, when she does talk to Garcelle, she does say that I don't know if it's to Garcelle or if it's in the first bit with with Diana and, and with Kyle, where she says that it is time to get help. But I think you're absolutely right. Where it does start to fall off the hinges, the train goes off the track at Diana's party is with Erica. Oh, brutal.
1: I think the only thing to be said really is that I'm sure that none of these women on Beverly Hills in particular have, you know, don't have some body image issue. Oh, 100%. So uh, Erica, when she is talking to Crystal, I think that she is you know yeah there's a bit of like you know projection there's probably also just a bit of like yeah ignorance and just sort of I don't know like just awful like imagine telling someone who is believing like oh maybe you should be doing laxatives instead like I don't know where you get off like
0: I think Erica uh, thought she was being funny a little bit I think she thought it was a bit tongue-in-cheek but again
1: I think I this I think but Erica when... is also
0: three sheets to the wind
1: is that funny though? Like, no, the... it's not. Where's, where's the but I can't even see how anyone could possibly think that it's funny to be like, Yeah, I'd rather take laxatives than like vomit. Like, I don't.
0: So, in a stand up comedy set, that could be a funny sort of set, but in this moment in the 90s, <laughs> but in this moment with this person, <laughs> the context for that conversation is wrong. That conversation nobody has provoked you to even share that information right you know what i mean it's i think the reason why we see it is because it's part of erica's spiral right
1: and then when she's like crystal you can't have a chicken chicken tender oh jesus christ Like, it just, you know what? Like, it's sort of like, oh, that was awful. But then it got worse. It (laughs) got worse.
0: But the thing is that now what's happened is it's no longer going to be about Crystal facing her demons. And it's now going to be about Erica and her fucking spiral. (sighs) Let's see how Kyle laughs this one off. Oh, we're just so happy that she's talking about chicken tenders. Can you imagine? (laughs) Are you just happy that she's having a fun time and she's eating chicken tenders? She wasn't eating chicken tenders last year. <laughs> that's that's literally what I expect from these women.
1: Fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> I mean, look, not just <laughs> not to say that Garcelle is much better, like sitting there diagnosing like pill pill addictions, drug you know alcohol addictions. No one is innocent in Beverly Hills.
0: A hundred percent. Except maybe Crystal. Just putting that out there. <laughs> maybe just.
1: <laughs> she, she could be. Perhaps the only one.
0: But yeah, it, it just got dark really quickly, which is, well, again, I love A Fall From Grace. This is why I watch Beverly Hills.
1: Was this a to-be-continued episode for you? Yes. Oh, interesting. I don't think there was enough... Um... I don't think there was enough climax. I, I didn't feel like I'd been edged enough to get the to be continued screen.
0: Look, I know that you are Patrizio after dark, but like the innuendo, stop. I know you were turned on by Lisa Rinna, but now you're out of control with your edging. Um, I think it was a to be continued because Garcelle is on a crusade. <laughs> And next week, she's going to talk about the crusade. And you know what? The w- thing I will say about Crystal is if you get her on your side, she's ready to fight.
1: Oh, Carcelle.
0: Time for a new feud. Erica, time for an intervention.
1: You know what? I think in summary, I was just really not happy. In to... summary, in <laughs> this summary, is not your dissertation, it child. Is, Moshi, <laughs> in summary, I was just really happy to see the two sisters reunited again, Kathy Hilton and El-Boomer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can I just say? That's a really nice segue, because in The Real Housewives of Dubai, we are also going to be talking about two women who look apparently exactly the same in Chanel Ayan and Caroline <laughs> <Stanbury>.
1: <laughs> The uncanniness of the resemblance is wild to me.
0: You can't tell me that when you were watching that scene that you were not getting... Images of Kathy Hilton <laughs> thinking that Garcelle was Kyle. But I do see the Garcelle as Kyle. Like I get it.
1: Um, so hot, <laughs> hot take that I read on the internet today. Caroline Stanbury is up there with Giselle Bryant when it comes to fashion.
0: hundred percent. What did I message you? Do we want to mess? Do we want to tell people what I sent you? Just privately in our DMs. Whenever I prefix anything with, like, I'm not trying to body shave someone. I am. (laughs) I did mention that I think Caroline Stanbury wears clothes that require a BBL. And she should get one. Because she's dressing, she dresses really young. And the clothes that are out at the moment, it's all about the little waist and a bit of booty. And she needs some booty. Or she can put the pads in. She doesn't have to get a BBL. But, like, pump it up. Plump it up
1: yeah for such a for such a beautiful woman um she just doesn't know how to dress i think that was
0: yes but i think i really like though i will say her in her confessional outfits like she's doing this whole versace valentino situation like with the platforms with the hair her outfits in her confessionals are phenomenal um and i think with that we will say we're moving on to discussing the housewives of dubai season one episode seven um I really liked the confessional of her sitting on Sergio's lap like that was uncomfortable but it was hot. Because like, it's funny because in the first one she's got the dog on her lap and then in the second one she's on his lap.
1: Well, I mean that's the thing right. He finally got the confessional chair cuz so he's the housewife.
0: Once again, I do not want young bucks dictating the show.
1: Yeah, but like he- it's his dream to be a housewife, okay? A hundred
0: percent. It really is his dream to be a housewife. And I feel that with Diana's partner as well, that it's his dream to be a housewife. It is definitely not hers.
1: Well, Bravo needs to finally come out with his bloody male equivalent to get these men, these thirsty men, off off the laps of these women and into their own body. Maybe
0: what we need is an ultimate girls' trip, just the guys'.
1: Or maybe we just need like an online after show where we just get the men's edit. Yeah, maybe. Um. Okay, so I mean, what happens? So I guess there's two two things that are happening side by side at the moment in Dubai, right? Mm-hmm. One is sort of Apologies. like you know this ongoing wedding planning for the Stanbury. Sambri and Car- 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 Caraggio. Okay, so
0: I want to revoke your Italian slash Greek card right now. Like that was offensive to my ears.
1: I, I am mean, trying to be Caroline Sanbury. It's Carello. Um, Wasn't
0: it like Carello? Caraggio. Caraggio. Stop it. Stop it. Offensive. It's offensive.
1: No, that's Sambri. That's how she no, it. No, she
0: said it the right way in this
1: Finally, episode. Finally after seven episodes. Um so there's that. And then there's the the Sarah and Brooks of it all, which has just started from last week. Brooks? I hate to say it, but I think, like, she's entering her flop era. Oh, honey,
0: she was a flop from her first episode. Oh, this no. This one, a 100%, I think I, <sighs> no, nah, she is not good for the show. She's doing too much. <sighs> she thinks she's good for the show, and she's not. This, she, she wants to be the villain, but the, she just is coming off like a brat, whereas Caroline Stanbury knows how to be a villain and come across like a boring villain.
1: Honestly, though, I think that's how Brooks is. Have you seen how she treats the, the staff?
0: I know, but I believe that. that Can I tell you, that is what nouveau riche is.
1: Oh, totally right. That is,
0: that is real nouveau riche.
1: But the way – so, like, at the end of last week's episode, she's having dinner with her two mates from Philly and Sarah. And the conversation turns to, you know – Brooks's plan to send her son to boarding school, right? Mm. And it's sort of like a continued conversation, right? Because she had already spoken about it earlier in the episode with the other girls, but then she asked Sarah for her opinion. And unfortunately, everyone is willing to share an opinion on this.
0: <laughs> what happens uh, when you ask for an opinion?
1: But she like blows up at her friend, like, if I got treated like that by you, Moshi. I would not be talking to you ever again. I would be like, good luck with your deck of cards.
0: Okay. So number one, I love that you're like kind of, I, I'm feeling in that example that that is a way you think I would behave to you. Um, so I'm offended. Um, but you know, but I'm, I'm joking, but um, I would hope oh, that if I ever spoke to you like that, yeah, you would hate me and never speak to me again. She was so out of line. Like, but at the same time, I understood I understood where her anger was coming from. I think her anger was correct, but I think she handled it in the wrong way. And I know there's this whole thing about how you should not police the way people behave. But she's on national television and she's coming she is acting like a brat.
1: It was just really nasty and rude to, to, to people who are meant to be your friends. And, like, yeah, I do get it. But it, it's interesting sort of how this feud has evolved, right? So, you know, because she asked Sarah, like, what do you think about this? And Sarah's like, well, no, you should keep your son close because, you know, you really should, like, you know, try to build that relationship, right?
0: I do also think that Sarah has a bit of a martyr has a bit of a complex and she I do think that Sarah doesn't realise how she comes across but I do think that Brooks was completely out of line I think she was out of line at that dinner and I think she's continuously out of line in the way she talks to people
1: so so that's what happens in this week it kind of like continues on right and everyone else is sort of like getting involved so Nina's gotten involved now as well (sighs) ah Nina But like, well, like whose side are you on here? Because I think so, like not to jump forward a bit at all, but like, you know, at the end of this episode, Sarah sort of really gets a chance to sort of like plead her case to Brooks. And it's literally like, well, I wasn't saying you don't love your son. I'm not saying that you don't love him enough. What I'm saying is that like, you know, like to keep, you know, to keep him around because that's a really nice thing to do. Like, I'm not judging you for anything else.
0: So I was on Sarah's side until she sent that text in the group text.
1: I mean, it was messy.
0: It was wrong.
1: Um, I kind of love that, like, Sanbury, though, it was just like, I don't have time for this.
0: Bullshit. 100%. Sanbury is not on this show. She's on a different show.
1: So you're not on Sarah's side anymore?
0: Um, I, I am more leaning towards Sarah's side just because I think Dan... Uh, <laughs> I just think uh, Brooks' um, behaviour is appalling, especially, you know, Nina is going through a lot um, and it is homegirl Omicron is back and, you know, she's causing waves. She's making it hard for people to travel to see their parents who are potentially, you know, dying due to COVID. Um, <clears throat> I just think both of them are wrong, but I think from the initial situation, it's all been blown out of proportion because of the way that brooks handled
1: it okay i'll co-sign to that
0: and i also think that brooks is really naive like i understand what she means when she says that she 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 says that how she is behaving is is part of her culture and i get i get a hundred percent where she's where she's coming from i think one of the things that is diasporic or in black communities is a certain way that we're disciplined and we were raised you know predominantly if you're like a millennial or a gen xer or something like that we were all raised in a similar way by our parents but I think that you have a responsibility to be a different and better parent than your parents were because anything that happened 20 30 years ago is antiquated like things have changed and I think Brooks's inability to even recognize that is dumb
1: oh my god I'm totally on that train though that like how my parents raised me was like how I should raise my kids though you
0: you had very cool parents but I think you know Patricia when you have children there will be some things and you'll just go like I'm not just I'm just not gonna do that thing (sighs) because it's a different world the kids live in a completely different world now than they did and I also want to say that I'm not totally against boarding school but i do feel Uh,
1: well no that take that back before stanbury comes for us
0: no i am not against
1: boarding school
0: i i know stanbury but but it is what it is but i'm not against boarding school but i think that brooks is sending her kid to boarding school for the wrong reasons well let's talk about
1: the boarding school graduate stanbury The meeting
0: of the parents in this episode. Cringe, cringe, cringe. I am surprised that she was happy for that to go to air. Again, I think this just shows how delusional her and her new husband are. I'm still waiting for an apology. I'm still waiting for an acknowledgement of their crass behaviour.
1: What was cringe about it? Because you know what? I actually kind of enjoyed it. Caroline's mum
0: asking them, and you could see Caroline also visibly cringe, do your parents speak good English? Um, And then her mum actually saying, you speak good English. So for me, it was actually very triggering. And I'm trying not to get emotional actually having this discussion. But do you know how condescending it is if you are not visibly Uh, Caucasian and somebody just assumes you can't speak English like English is the most dominant language in the world most people his parents they speak English they speak Spanish they probably speak like five other different dialects they speak more languages than Caroline's parents will ever know and they are looked down upon by her parents it's bullshit Patrizio so for me that is just ugh. It's gross, it's cringe, and it speaks to everything that we don't we don't want anymore in the world.
1: Yeah, but the lady knows what cojones means. So like uh, let's give her this nothing. is not
0: even something to like just joke over. No, nah, I'm I'm giving her nothing. It was cringe worthy. And to then say to somebody you speak good English, like they speak good English. The issue is that they just have a different accent. Like that is the only difference that they have. And to me, people like that. It's just ugh. it's embarrassing
1: I the, the only thing that I will say is that I think like I'm get, I'm gonna assume good intentions for the first question is perhaps she just wanted to know like what was the level of engagement that they were going to be able to have with the new in-laws right like because no, Patrizio,
0: she's a condescending wasp. Like Caroline laid that out. She was being con- she didn't have to ask that on camera. She could have asked it at a different time. She was being condescending, and she forgot about and the cameras. <laughs> nah, she was she was claiming her superiority. That that is white supremacy. Like that is an active that is an activity of white supremacy to think that the most dominant culture is the one that speaks English when English is not even the most spoken language in the world. It's the, it's literally a language, but from oppressors.
1: Well, I mean, uh, do we, what do we, what do we expect from the Stanbury's though?
0: I I have to admit that I was so shocked. I mean, I love the fact that they kept... I I wasn't shocked that they said it, but I was surprised that Caroline allowed it to be on film because it is just not the look. But But... it's also, I shouldn't be surprised because to me, it's just like, she seems so proud of the fact that she comes from trash.
1: Well, I was going to say two things on that. I think first of all, If she like she truly does not like her parents. So like even if they were like (laughs) straight up racist, like, you know, like blatantly making racist comments, I think Caroline would probably allow that to be on film as well because she sees them once a year, Moshi. I don't think she gives a shit what's on the TV. But I don't think you know what? I don't think Caroline even would have thought Anything of it,
0: so this is the thing I think she knows because she does call out in the confessionals that she comes from like a pretty aristocratic family. A- acrist- no, I've acrobatic, not said
1: that. no, not
0: acrobatic
1: <laughs> from the ar- ar- aristocracy. She comes
0: from the aristocracy where she was like, you know, Sergio comes from like a working class family I think she said I didn't think she said like maybe she said middle class actually which like to be fair middle class is pretty well off but I think like just other things that made me cringe like her dad when her, his parents said you know this place reminds them of a hotel they saw in Vegas That's like I love that and then her dad was like maybe we should buy it I was like what the fuck and I say this as somebody who watches Made in Chelsea like it was a it was just a level of cringe that I was like, I, I, I'm so confused by Stanbury. I can't work out whether or not she wants us to like her or she wants us to hate her. Like, I really can't figure it out.
1: I thought you were going to say it was cringe when the dad said that he had, like, food poisoning from their
0: <laughs> I was like, it's a shame you were only just food poisoned. I mean, I if I'm honest, I mean, I don't wish death on anyone. Um, I'm not Wendy
1: Williams. But, I mean... <laughs> but if you were... <laughs> Like, if you were, a... and Wendy Williams was talking about the Real Housewives, of Pie perhaps... death
0: table. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm knocking on wood because I'm going to get bad karma. But I'm just saying, like, the world wouldn't be a worse place with less people like that in it. That's all I'm saying.
1: Well, I'm sure that they're a dying breed, regardless. Um... I don't
0: think they are because they breed so much. <sighs> this is the problem.
1: Well, the engagement party um in the desert.
0: <laughs> Sorry, can I tell you my favourite thing about the engagement party in the desert <laughs> is Brooks talking about how much sand there is. <laughs> it's so sandy. I'm like, bitch, it's the desert. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, but, like, you know.
0: It's the desert. <laughs> it's so sandy. Like, come on. Come on. Sorry, it just made me laugh every time she said it.
1: I was really excited by the cameo appearance of the other Sophie. Oh, the
0: other, so the other Sophie, her Sophie Stanbury. But Juliet was there as well.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I don't really care about Juliet. I care <laughs> about Sophie Stanbury because the whole thing was that in the final season of *Ladies of London*, like Sophie and Caroline, really like I thought that they would never see each other ever again.
0: No, no, Caroline dumped her brother for Sophie Stanbury. Like,
1: yeah, but I feel like Caroline kind of like regretted that decision at a certain point. But like, yes, yeah, no, she's back, and in the preview we get next week. Sophie's getting into the mess, which I love. Because Sophie is, like... It's messy. The, just, yes. She's messy, but, like, she's just, like, she's a terrible... She's the Whitney of, like, ladies. Oh, 100%. Like, she is the she's the worst like,
0: bone collector in the history. Yeah, she's definitely up there.
1: Uh, she like, She's not just, like, the worst bone collector. She is played. Like, they played her, <laughs> like, the entire time. Anyway... So, I was like, really glad to have that. Um, but yes, let's talk about the fashions um, because that's the real topic of discussion at this engagement party. Um, because Chanel Ayan has earlier in the episode, we see that she is going to be walking the runway for this, um, the 50th anniversary of the UAE. Um, she's wearing this whole gold number. Because
0: the theme is gold, honey.
1: Yes, honey. Um, but she talks a little bit about the history of dressing in Dubai and how when she first arrived in, like, 04, like, you literally couldn't wear a miniskirt in public. And it's now it's all, it's all changed, Moshi. And, like, this just continues to prove to me that this is some weird marketing venture by the UAE.
0: hundred um, percent. I've told you that I am bought hook, line and sinker. I'm trying to figure out what, what can I do in Dubai. I need to get there.
1: Um, honey, you can do whatever you want. The and then she's at this thing and she sees the white number and she's like, "That's what I'm gonna wear to the engagement party because the theme is all white." It's and a white it's, party. Yeah, it's not just like even the shoes, Moshi. Even the, the shoes, shoes have to be white.
0: I, I'm with. That's what a real white party is.
1: So let's talk about the fashions because first of all, I want to talk about how hideous Danbury's boots are.
0: I like them. The cowboy boot.
1: Uh, it just didn't go with the dress like what It normal... did
0: because the the dress was very hillbilly it was not good it was like it was a mullet dress you know short at the front long at the back she looked she looked like white trash it was perfect
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay but then the real screamer in this episode was when they see Chanel Ayan from the car
0: she looks amazing
1: the blonde wig
0: the inches on that wig honey that was real human hair.
1: Well, Stanbury didn't think it was a wig; she thought it was the veil.
0: <laughs> <Vail>! <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> <sighs> she didn't have, she, She's got cataracts, you know. So. <laughs> oh my
1: god! Um, so I don't. Do you think that Chanel Ayan had has like gone beyond brief with this outfit? Does she look like a bride? Is my question.
0: I think because it had a train and it was lace, I it took me a while to see where Stanbury was coming from. And I was like, okay, I understand why it's coming across as bridal. But it's just a, she's wearing like a little jumpsuit under there. It's like a little hoey outfit. It's gorgeous. Also, this wasn't a wedding. It was just an engagement party. It was a white party.
1: My issue is that if you're going to be personally offended by women dressing like brides, don't encourage them by choosing an all white theme. Like I feel like if you're going to wear a dress and it's white, there's automatically going to be this like bridal connotation. Yeah.
0: Even if you wear like a little slip dress, it doesn't matter what sort of dress you wear. It's got a bridal vibe. I'm with you.
1: Totally. And and the fact is, she wasn't, Stanbury wasn't even wearing a, like a bridal dress herself. Like, I don't know what she expects.
0: I think it was a bridal dress, but it was bad. But, I, I mean, look, we've spoken about the Giselle Bryant of it all. I think the issue is that Chanel Ayan outdressed her, full
1: stop. Well, who says it? Lisa Millard, I think. Like, if you're going to invite Chanel Ayan to your you party. Need,
0: and this is exactly it.
1: <laughs> you know she's going to be bringing the feathers, the wits, Like, the like the fashions
0: um i don't think that chanel and her husband are really that deeply in love i thought i thought about it and after watching this i don't think they're really into each other i think it's all a game sorry that's just a weird one of my motion on
1: things this, and i think
0: i think i'll be proven right
1: is this why they we never see inside their home
0: that's part of it but like she couldn't like sit further apart from him on the couch like he, he's invested because she's where the money is.
1: You know what though And yeah, also
0: he's like not on her Instagram at
1: all. Oh. Well, There's like one picture. She doesn't he doesn't want to be famous, okay?
0: Mm, if I'm if I'm married to her, I want to be on there. Like she does not claim him. There's not even a soft launch and they're married. Like
1: <laughs> So whose marriage is gonna last longer? Stanbury? Or Chanel. Um,
0: I think Stanbury's marriage will last a long time just because she's stubborn.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Well, she I broke think... up with Chem, so you never know.
0: Did she break up with Chem?
1: Oh, okay. Um
0: I think I think that um she will allow them to she will allow Sergio to be part of an open relationship. I see that happening.
1: An open relationship in Dubai, we will hopefully find out if that's possible in the next Well,
0: I mean, we know that you're allowed to have another wife as long as you can keep both wives at the same level.
1: Well, I don't think Sergio is the one that's bringing the money to the relationship. Exactly.
0: But that's why I also feel that, like, I think she will allow him because she was going to get bored of having sex with him. And she'll be like, just go have sex with someone else, like 100%
1: oh my god the mess of it all moshi is there anything else from dubai that really stood out for you in this episode
0: not really but i think like it's quite clear that we're coming to the end of the season it's only seven episodes in but i do feel like it it it, i've gotten enough content that it does feel like a fully fledged season
1: yes so next week i feel like we're gonna get sort of the the final bits before the wedding. Mm. Episode 9 will be the actual wedding itself.
0: But remember, Chanel Ayan will not be at the wedding because the fashion show is happening on the same day.
1: So I feel like then episode 10 will have some whole group event where chanel ayan and Danbury can have a fight over the fact that they didn't show up to each other's events
0: well no but caroline knows that sh- they they know that they're not going to each other's events what i think though is going to happen so you know how like the wedding is always the pinnacle event i think we have competition here because chanel ayan in a fashion show celebrating 50 years of dubai and like is like the main headliner and she's given she's she's carried the show on her back she's carried it under her wigs like she deserves that spot as well
1: how many parts of the reunion do you think we'll get one i think we'll get two but it'll be yeah only
0: okay. we're getting two only because they feel like they have to give us two but it it deserves one
1: yeah totally agree well Moshi, i think that brings us to the end of another episode
0: well done until next week
1: until next week everyone can find us on the instagrams at from the lower level pod
0: we're now producing original content it's fabulous follow us
1: (laughs) um rate (laughs) review subscribe
0: all of that good stuff and we will see you next week see ya bye